Thank uh, I'm Branham. Here was Dusty Baker yesterday after the game. The, the John Singleton in the eighth inning, bases loaded, two outs, was a uh, it was a topic of conversation. You know, Chaz was available at that point. Yiner was still available at that point, even though he shouldn't have been because he should have he should have pinched hit to lead off the seventh. But here was Dusty Baker's rationale on why he went to Singleton in that moment. You know, against Leclerc, you know the OPS is, is 100 points higher for a lefty versus. Uh, versus a righty, and he's been tough on on Jeremy, throwing all the sliders and all speed pitches. So I thought our best chance was to pinch hit Singleton. So you had options there. Yet you could have left Pena in the game. Uh, you could have went with Singleton, which he did. You had Chaz on the bench, and you also had Yiner on the bench. I don't hate what Dusty did. Like, you, if you look at Leclerc's splits, they're stupid. Like, he dominates right-handed hitters. He doesn't have tremendous amount of success against lefties. So, I know people are going to micromanage this part. We, we certainly micromanage Dusty quite a bit, rightfully so. This is not really one that I'm that upset about. This isn't one that I'm going to nitpick Dusty on. And I thought Singleton had a really good plate appearance, too. Really like, did. It but- ended with a strikeout, but he had a good plate appearance, you know, three three inches higher, maybe Singleton takes. You score a run there, and then you have uh, you have the nine spot coming up. But I'm not going to lie. I had raised eyebrow when I saw who was trotting to the plate. I was like, oh, really? He's going back to Singleton here? <laughs> I was shocked. But then the fact that he worked to a 3-2 count and, you know, the baseball just got above the hands to a point where he couldn't get the barrel to it. I think it would have been ball four. Uh, it was, it, it's not one that I wanted to take. I, I, I agree that it was out of the K zone, but at the same time, that umpire fast. had a bigger zone. And it's like you got you also got to protect with two yeah. strikes. I don't mind that he swung. No, and you could see why, too, because he was fending off pitch after pitch. He was making contact, but he was in complete go mode when, when I thought that he easily could have gotten him and enticed him to chase a breaking ball that was down down in the dirt by the time it got to the plate, too, because he was he was fending off so many pitches. But, look, it was a fastball up. He gave it his best effort. But the fact that he got that count to 3-2 and was battling mm-hmm. was all you needed to see in the fact that whether you like the decision or not going in, he did a hell of a job when he got in the game. If he would have hit an extra base hit there, there would have been a movie about John Singleton. If he would have... Driven in a few runs there. All of a sudden, Astros win. Movie about John Singleton. Uh, the last decision was his bullpen usage in the ninth. Went with Montero. It was a two-run game. I saw a lot of people critical of his usage in the ninth inning. Went to Montero, loads the bases, goes to Stanek. All of a sudden, Rangers explode for five innings, including the Adolis Garcia Grand Slam in the ninth. Uh, what would you have done in Dusty Shoes there? I hated it because I, I just I look at it and – you know, I've never been big on Montero anyway this year, especially this year. And, and I've really hated the fact that Dusty was constantly, and I kept just saying, he's he's milk, he's wor- working his way back to where he can go to him and get him ready so that in the playoffs he's going to be one of his guys. I just hated it because I didn't trust him. And it's just simply me and my gut feeling saying that was not the right time for him because these are the kind of situations where he can blow up. He's done it during the regular season. He did it again. I don't know what the alternative would have been or what the right alternative would have been. But I just didn't feel like Montero was the right guy in that position. I, I see what Dusty was trying to do, still in three outs there in the ninth inning when he was down by two. He was hoping, obviously, that they wouldn't give up a run and he'd be down by two. But I, I also would not have used Ryan Presley in that spot. No. Like You mm-hmm. don't know you have a Abreu the next day. Um, game seven's tomorrow if you don't have another miraculous comeback. I don't. I, I didn't like the idea of using Presley. Hindsight twenty twenty. maybe you just start the inning with Stanek there. That's what I was thinking, because you burned Maton already. So, yeah. so you were essentially either going Stanek or you were going to take one of your starters from the year and try and warm them up to get three outs and then realize they were definitely not going to probably be available today, and he didn't want to take that chance. So I guess the only really realistic alternative would have been that Stanek would have started the inning. Of the three decisions, Maldi in the seventh, Singleton in the eighth, Montero in the ninth, the one that I would take back the most would actually be Maldi in the seventh. I really? would, yeah, that would be the one that I take back. I, I wish that Yiner would have had that spot. Try to get on base, spark an inning, just like he did in game five when he let off the ninth inning. Yeah, to me, it would have been finishing the game by keeping your, giving yourself a chance to, to just be down two in the ninth so inning. So Stanek. Yeah, so the Stanek decision is the one that really sat the worst with me. It's also because I, I admittedly am not a fan of Montero in any of those situations when the game still is at hand, and that one bothered me a ton because it's that still two-run game. You got a legit shot. But, you know, the fact that they – you mentioned it. There were two pitches that were getting Garcia out all night long. That was the high fastball up and in, and that was the, the low-breaking ball in the dirt, and he just grooved dead center and got crushed. I mean, that ball got out like a clothesline. It was...
Yeah, that ball was uh, that ball was hit hard. He almost had that opposite field shot off the right field foul pole yeah. too. Uh, came dangerously close. Someone texted in said it was a backed up uh, backed up slider that uh, Singleton took for a strike. That was his cutter uh, for Leclerc. He's got the four seamer. He's got the slider. He's got the cutter. That was a cutter, not a uh, not the slider. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Out to the HRMP listener line for Michael. Michael, you're in the hive. What's up? Appreciate the call, Michael. That's a good point, too. I didn't think of the Hunter Brown uh, option, quite frankly. I'm wondering if he was trying to save Hunter Brown as See, well. that's what I said when I mentioned it when we were talking about it just a minute ago. I thought that he stayed away from using France and Brown because there's gonna, there possibly could be a time tonight where he is going to have them up and ready to go to, to just empty the tank yeah. for three batters. He was going with his low-leverage guys for sure. Now, it, maybe it's a testament that he thinks of Brown as a high-leverage guy in the middle of the game, the fourth through the fifth. He didn't want to waste Hunter Brown, didn't want to waste J.P. France, and he was okay trying to steal three outs with Montero. Uh, I was surprised when Stanley got warmed up, though. Like well, The moment Stanley got warmed up, I was like, he just started the inning with Ryan Stanley. Yes, because the thing to me is... I think his secondary pitches are better than Montero's secondary pitches. I believe that when Stanek's right, his, his splitter drops off the table. I believe that he's got a legit strikeout pitch as well as his plus-plus fastball. Montero's got a hell of a fastball, and a lot of times people lose sight of that. He still has a 95-plus fastball. I just don't believe in his other pitches. Yeah, seven one three seven eight zero ESPN HRNP listener line seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Kyle Tucker's been struggling. Um, he's broken. It seems like I did like the fact that he had at least a walk yesterday. Now the at bat he had in the fifth in, in the uh, game five uh, against Aroldis Chapman, maybe the most underrated at bat of the, the series. Double? It was the double that yeah. yanked Chapman out yep, of the game yep. and forced Leclerc to get the final out of the eighth. A lot of people were thinking that that was the difference maker that was going to snap him out of this yeah. and look like you know that he was going to look like a new man, and he looked absolutely. Absolutely lost like someone stole this puppy dog. If Tucker flies out there, I think the Rangers win game five. Because LeClerc doesn't have to come in for that final out of the eighth, never gets cold. He's in the bullpen versus the dugout. I think it's a different story. So uh, he did have a very underrated at bat in that game that's easily easy to overlook considering Kyle Tucker has been struggling. But is he the most important hitter in the lineup tonight for the Astros? Um, no, I think the most important hitter in the lineup tonight is, it was, and always will be Jordan Alvarez. Because Jordan Alvarez, when he does damage, he carries this whole team. He has the full capability of carrying this whole team. I think, you know, Tucker contributing is it would be phenomenal. It'd be important. But I think the most important hitter, or if you want to say one and two, but it's still to me is Jordan first, Altuve second. Yeah, I think it's the five guys in front of Tucker. Like, I'll, I'll, give me Altuve having a big game. Give me Bregman, Jordan, Abreu, Brantley having the big game. So I, I would go the five guys ahead of Tucker now. Really hope he has a playoff moment. We can all kind of forgive Kyle Tucker because he's a better player than the than the angst he's getting from the Astro fan base. I was kind of hoping last night it was going to be that I situation know. where he just forget everything that he went through for the first five games of the series and come up with a monster in that game last night. All is forgotten and all is well, and it didn't happen. Yeah, at least he uh, at least he drew the walk there. You know, at least he drew the walk and didn't have the uh, the awful moment uh, and kind of kicked the can down the road. Now Dubon had the awful moment after that. It's a bunch of pitches, soft line drive, and then they were able to get out of the inning. Seven, they, that's what like that's the biggest key. Like we talk about Astros hitting Scherzer, Javi having a big game. We dissect the lineup. We dissect the the bullpen. The most critical thing, and it's been this way the entire series, and it's really rare in its ugly face uh, at home for the Astros, you got to hit with runners in scoring no position. Doubt. You're going to have to have some critical hits, some big hits, some clutch hits. Were they one for eight? And they haven't been able to do that yesterday. Yeah. It was awful. And it's, it was like that in game one. It was like that in game two. That's you where real, you realist, Sergio. You realistically could have possibly knocked Duvaldi out of the game. He was, he was nearing 25 thir- to get into 30 pitches. And you had him on the ropes. You get one big hit there with with runners in scoring position, you could actually possibly knock him out of the game. And, and that's where like, I feel like the answer is Kyle Tucker to why he is so important. Because they keep getting these guys on base. And now that he's in the position he is in the lineup tonight, like there is going to be an opportunity for Kyle Tucker to drive in Jordan Alvarez. They've shown they're basically done pitching to him. Like, like They're going to keep walking this guy all through Game 7. Frankly, probably they should have been doing this since Game 1. Yeah. But like Kyle Tucker is going to have to come through 
with runners in scoring position. I mean, he's hitting three spots before behind Jordan, though. He's I know. Six, Jordan, no, I know, but like, there's going to be guys in, on base. That he has to come through. At some he's going to have to come through. I mean, they're, they're, either somebody's going to have to come if, through. If he came through at position. one at some point throughout this series, it might be over already. Yep. It's it just been a nothing burger. It, it, it's just the bottom of that line, that order. Someone's going to have to do something tonight just to either keep a rally going or get a clutch hit because you can't just throw away seven, eight, nine. And, and if you put Tucker in the mix there, that's the last four spots where you got question marks. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's go out to the HRP listener line and get Jay in here. Jay, you're in the hive. What's up, Jay? Hey guys, we can talk about intangibles and righty lefty matchups, but they keep getting the stat on the broadcast that teams that out homer the other teams or have like a 98% chance of winning in the playoffs. It's 2023. Why don't we just put out the lineups where we can hit the most home runs and win? Yeah, that's not a, it's not a terrible point, Jay. Now, Maldi's going to play. Maldi's going to, well, I mean, he means, I mean, he means within reason. I don't think he means, you know, pigeonhole Mauricio Dubon at catcher or anything like that. Now, I mean, he'd probably make the case for Yiner over Maldi. Dusty would say, well, Maldi's going to limit home runs where Yiner's not. Uh, I think that for the most part, Dusty's lineup today kind of, signals that now you know Brantley's not going to get more homers than Yiner but it's going to work in at bat he's capable of hitting some bombs and then you have Chaz and center over Dubon who has more pop so I think it's kind of a happy medium when it comes to that in the lineup today with some pop yeah I, I think that if you're looking for base hits Dubon would have been the answer we know Chaz has the capability of going long so I get that and I, and I was saying more or less you're not going to put a Brayu on the bench for Yiner at first base either so you're not going to go full-blown home run heavy but you know a is capable of hitting home runs too I mean you know you're gonna have to you have to stay within reason. I think this is a good offensive lineup tonight. I I question Dubon not being in the lineup and Chaz being in the lineup. You would what would your be? I would, would put, I would put Dubon in center instead of Chaz. You would go Dubon I over would. Chaz. I, I was leaning Dubon over Chaz, but it's it's six one way half the dozen another. Like I, this is not one that I'm. I just think he upset sets the about. table better for your for your guys that do have more pop. Yeah, and and he's been he's been well, pretty good right now. But where he's at in the lineup, though, like if you're hitting seventh, you're not really a table setter. You're more of a table. Well, clearer. because of Maldi, but yeah, yeah. And Pena. But I mean, uh, he, he, I think that there might be a chance that he get you know he comes up with two on See, and two out, if or you, two on and one out. If you need contact late, like I can't remember what game it was when they had the bases loaded in the fifth game two, uh, and they they pinch hit Yiner for Maldi in that spot. That's probably a spot where I go Dubon because you're looking for contact more than you're you need a right. bomb. Uh, so maybe they use Dubon in that role today. And he proved with the 0-2 count or the, the down in the count last night. He was yeah. still capable of taking a very high fastball and putting it far enough out there to get a sack fly. But start taking some balls, Dubon. Oh, Your play no discipline needs work. 713-780-3776. Let's go to Phillip. Phillip, you're in the uh, hive with the bees. What's up, Phillip? Hey, guys. Love your show. I'm calling from uh, Pennsylvania, but I'm from Houston. And uh, I just want to say that last night the move that Dusty made for pinch hitting uh, for Pena and putting Singleton in, I want to ask you. I, th- I think that was the wrong move. I mean, you you, you got a young guy that that was a, a MVP, and you put him on. You know, and if you saw his face on TV, he looked disappointed that he wasn't in that spot. And another thing, and where's uh Rocker Baby Garcia? Why why they haven't pitched him? Yeah, I mean he's out for the Philip. 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 He's out I mean, for the year. He lives in yeah. Philly. Let's cut him no, a little know, bit of slack. He's, he's out for the year. He had yeah, Tommy John for, surgery. Yeah, he had Tommy John. Philly. Philly. Phil. He had some Tommy John. Appreciate the call. Thanks for listening all the way from uh, from Philly. We appreciate that, Philly. Phil. Um, we we talked about it a little bit earlier. Uh, Leclerc dominates righties. Payne has not been swinging a good bat right now. All. Like I'm going to put more stock on current form Pena than 2022 Pena. So I don't mind pinch hitting. I think the question there is, do you go Singleton, Chaz, Yiner? Because you have them all available. Yep. Uh, I, I understand yep. going with a lefty because Leclerc dominates righties. He struggles against lefties. You know the interesting thing, too, about that, too? If you just had a vote between who had the most, I got to look like I'm still with my team here when I'm pissed off face, it was between Pena and Chapman. Because Chapman, when he went to Leclerc with one out to get in the eighth inning, when they showed his face in the in the bullpen... He did not look happy like he was faking it, and there's no doubt when Pena got pulled, he was not happy. Yeah, I, again, you're you're trying to win a baseball game, though. I'm not yeah, worried I about know, the feelings of, of Jeremy Pena in that moment. you got to try to do what you got to do uh, to win a baseball game. 713-780-3776. We'll get back to Astros. We'll talk plenty of Astros the rest of the way. But we got to get to our NFL game balls. No Texans yesterday, but the NFL was active. Who deserves some Killer B game balls around the league? It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Speaking of iron... 
I've been pumping some iron recently, can't you tell? Uh, I've been back in the gym, Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. They're helping me out. I'm, I'm pumped up for this as I pump the iron. Because like many of you, I haven't focused on me. I haven't focused on Branham Body. But I have been lately because of Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. They're really helping me out. It's a gym that I love, new kind of gym, too, that's perfect for me, perfect for us millennials. Uh, 24-7 access, which is perfect for our busy schedule. It's perfect for anybody, not just millennials. Personally, I don't like contracts. I don't like hidden fees. I don't like dealing with people. I don't want a gym tour. I don't want sales calls, and neither do you. You don't want any of those things. I don't have to worry about any of that with Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. 100% digital. Even walking through the door is digital. You just press the unlock button on your app. It's easy. Easy peasy. Every Iron 24 facility has everything you need. Free weights, machines, any cardio you need. Get your wads in. It isn't ideal, uh, or it's perfect. It's totally ideal. Tons of space, everything you need to get a good workout in without people bothering you. Also, for your post-workout, another ideal thing, signature recovery rooms with infrared saunas. You'll love that. Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery has four locations around Houston. More coming soon. I go to the one in Conroe. A couple in Pearland as well. One in Lake Jackson. Many more are on the way. Another great perk is that members get universal 24-7 access to any location. You can work any time of the day, anywhere in Houston, at an Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. Also, for a limited time, participating Iron 24 locations are offering new member ESPN listeners two weeks free with zero down when you join with the Iron 24 app. Go to iron24.com slash ESPN, iron24.com slash ESPN, and get started today with Iron 24 Fitness and Recovery. All right, time to hand out some game balls from around the NFL yesterday. It was weird not having Texans to watch. We don't have to worry about that the rest of the year. It was weird, yeah. You know when it really hit me? Saturday watching the Ohio State game when I saw C.J. Stroud on the sideline, and I was like, oh, that's right. Did you watch any of him on game day? I did not. I heard some uh, hot takes about his performance on game day. I didn't watch it either. I was uh, can't remember what I was doing. Oh, we went to some some Halloween fall fest thing. I I know it's the only one that picked the U. What's that? He, he's the only one that picks Miami. Over oh, Clemson. really? Look at yeah. genius. That's you know what that was. That Great was high S two E. High S two E by C J Stroud. Do we know how his picks did? What was his record? I are just we gonna one. are we gonna overanalyze that? Should should game day picks have more value than an S two test? Maybe. Should game day picks have more <laughs> value than a wonderlick? Yes. <laughs> Uh, let us know how C.J. Stroud did in his game day thing so we can formulate some really hot takes about his game day about record. 713-780-3776 about his football knowledge, about his college S2-E-ness. Uh, who are you handing your first game ball to, Blinkers? Well, the first one to me is the wrecking crew that is Miles Garrett. He's a stud. Miles Garrett was all over the football field yesterday. What did he have, two sacks? Was it two fumble recoveries and a blocked field goal? Like, he just went off the, the, the rails crazy with the way he disrupted the entire football game. And it's like, you know, regardless of whether Deshaun was hurt or not and whether he was playing or not, that defense is really good. But when he plays like that, like, he was nuts yesterday in all the things that he was doing. And, and, I mean, he had nine tackles, two sacks, a tackle for loss. Uh, he blocked the field goal, a pass deflection. He was all over the football. You should have given a game ball to Deshaun Watson for taking himself out of the game because he knows P.J. Walker's a better football player than he is. played pretty decently. He's he's a better footballer than Deshaun Watson is. I kind of told you that I didn't think Deshaun was ever getting back to where he was. I think Deshaun was faking a concussion yesterday. I don't disagree with (laughs) that. The doctors are like, no, you're good. But you heard what uh, uh, Stefanski said in the postgame? It was because of the shoulder. Oh, was it? Yeah, Yeah, they they, cleared him from concussion protocol. He was like, I was keeping him out of the way from himself, though. He was like, no, we knew that that shoulder still wasn't right, and for the sake of our franchise quarterback's future, I kept him out. I'll take the blame for that. It was a good decision because they won the game. Well, it's saving his job because he knows his ass is going to go for the fact that Deshaun didn't want to throw. PJ's better than Deshaun is. My first game ball goes to Taylor Swift. Who else? The Chiefs are undefeated when she attends a game. She has made the Chiefs relevant. Taylor Swift has lifted the city of Kansas City by herself. This is the current greatest streak that we have in sport, any sport, and we owe it all to Taylor Swift for putting the Kansas City Chiefs on the map. I mean, the, the stats don't lie. Look, she's undefeated. Travis Kelsey averages like 45 yards per game when she's yep. not in attendance, over 100 when she's there. You know what? He's showing up big time for his girl. I know Kyle Tucker's a married man, but I wish Taylor Swift was married to Kyle Tucker because he would never slump if he was married to Taylor Swift. It was just so fun to watch, too, because you knew it was inevitable that Jackson Mahomes 
and Mrs. Mahomes was going to end up side by side with Taylor Swift. Well, they've been hanging point. out with her forever. Well, they're, Jackson, they're, they're Jackson fast friends. Need to stay the as far Whoa. away. Oh, 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 boy, Blakers! Blakers! He needs to stay as far away from that situation. Well, he, I, I, Taylor Swift's going to lift him to greatness too. Yeah, she's going to no keep him out of jail. Can, yeah. no one can. Uh, a minor, a minor honorable mention to Travis Kelsey: twelve catches, one hundred and seventy-nine yards, one touchdown. Honorable mention to uh, Pat Mahomes: four hundred twenty-four yards, four touchdowns. Four twenty-four. Minor, minor honorable mention for the both of them. Joe, who are you giving a game ball to? Yeah, I'd like to give a game ball, uh, maybe somewhat ironically, to Arthur Smith for winning a football game this weekend, but screwing me and many others over. This garbage Bijan Robinson stuff. Oh, that was rough. I just, that I don't even know rough. where it goes, but I got to force the conversation in somehow because. He was sick, they said. He had a headache. That's soft. Couldn't play. Bijan Robinson. Soft. Yeah, he got one carry well, he was, into the game. That was the uh, that was the headache. That was Bijan's headache game. One carry all, for three yards. They're going to get fined, I think, very heavily for this. And uh, I think they rightfully should. I mean, what if he was just hung over? What if he really truly because was? Because you have to disclose injuries. And well, they what did if it's it. after the last injury report, though? Yeah, if you get a migraine suddenly. But he, but he didn't say that. He said he wasn't feeling good the night before, and he was hoping that's, it would be that's, better. The night before is after the last injury report. The last injury report is it's Friday, isn't it? Well, no, they could have put something in the still, game. I don't think, I don't think so. Saturday, you, I think you have they could have done something about it. I don't know. I think league rule is final injury report, final injury report. If anything so happens only, after that, I don't so know if you have to disclose it. I think, well, see, I don't illness, know. Is it illness separate from injury? Like I would if all think. of a sudden you become like. Like if you wake up sick. Drastically Hey, Ill. everybody, Bijan's sick. That doesn't make any sense. But I think it does make sense because you so. can't be in bed with gambling if you're not going to be above board. Yeah, but I think the timing here matters. We'll have to look into this. Because you're right. Because I think the only thing they have to do on Sundays is active and inactive. Was he was he hungover, Bijan Robinson? I think he's just soft now. Because I of their, I don't know that he because of their, strikes me as a guy. Of course, I mean, I have no clue. I mean, Drake London's getting dropped on his head. Booze in the night I mean, he, he might have got really happy after his team robbed the Houston Cougars. Oh, I do. He maybe. got really happy celebrating oh, maybe. that. Really happy. All right, Blank, here's another game ball. Lamar Jackson, it's an easy one. Lamar Jackson, yeah. uh, unfortunately, all of Houston had to watch that football game as their game of the week uh, in the early uh, window. But he he absolutely diced and sliced the, the Lions, had three touchdowns early on, was doing whatever he wanted. I think they were averaging like nine yards a play in the in the first quarter and a half, and he was amazing. 357 and three. Good enough for a game ball in my mind. Yeah, he was he was really good. He was uh, really good. I have him in one of my two quarterback super flexes, so I was really happy with that performance. I'm going to give a game ball to Bill Belichick. Mm-hmm. Win number 300, doing it against Buffalo, eight-and-a-half-point home dogs. We heard all week how Robert Kraft is already talking about the, the plan after Belichick, the secession plan. Maybe he's going to do it in season. Ah! Bill Belichick beats up on Buffalo, win number 300. Game ball to Bill Belichick. My game ball's all over the place. They're on this wide range of emotion. Bill Belichick, Taylor Swift, and everybody in between. Yeah, but what about this? Too, right? He got extended? Yeah. You didn't hear that? I did not. Before no. the game on Sunday, Ian Rapport goes, yep. got some tidbits here on the Patriots. And Bill he goes, got an extension? they yeah. quietly extended him during the offseason for this. a very lucrative contract. Yeah. But, like, no details. So that but like, was, like, the big one what? coming back no, off on the, on what the a day. of the fact that he was rumored to have been, you know, on the outs with Kraft. But, like, how, a... how did they extend him in the offseason, but then all these rumors are coming out? Because rumors are lies. Because this is all fake. Don't believe anything that you read. It's probably true. Like, why do we do this? It's probably true. Like, we read these reports, and then they never happen. Like, sometimes they do. But, like, things that happen, happen. It's all the time. Like, I go back to, like, the James Harden trade. We didn't hear any rumors about James Harden being traded to the Rockets. And then all of a sudden on the crawl, That's James true. Harden's a Houston Rocket. Same thing with like the Russell Westbrook. Like, oh, he's on the block. Should the Rockets be interested? And then it happens. It's the same thing. Like, Jordan Alvarez. We heard reports all last year. There's, there's reports that the Astros and Tucker are talking extension. And then all of a sudden, Jordan Alvarez gets extended. Like, these reports and these headlines, you shouldn't believe point. them. That's I don't know point. why y'all believe them. All right, yeah. my last, last game ball, A.J. Uh, a. Brown, he, he's incredible. He has had over 120 receiving yards in his last five games. Yesterday goes 10 for 137 with a touchdown. He has more receiving yards this season than the Tennessee Titans. Huh. It's incredible. A.J. Brown is a monster. And, and frankly, as they continue to show today, the best GM in the NFL is Howie Roseman. Today he trades for an all-pro safety back from the Titans. They got buyered. Yeah, they sure did. And they uh, gave I mean, up like, like a fifth and a sixth to get the defense to be even better. The front incredible. seven was already monsters. Now the back end of that defense 
is even better. Can I give a bonus game ball real sure, quick? Sure, sure. Uh, game ball to Jalen Carter from when asked about his flopping. He said, I was trying to be like LeBron. <laughs> oh, good answer. For a youngster, too. Yeah. Yeah, he always makes good decisions. Well, what, what, would say that. what would LeBron do? I did not flop. say that. <laughs> I'm pro-flopping. If you're going to reward flopping, why wouldn't you flop? Uh, there's, the refs are so bad right yeah. now. Why wouldn't flop you flop? City. If you're going to get 15 yards because you fooled and deked an official, more power to you. Yep, because there's know, no punishment the other way. You know how you get rid of it? You stop falling for it. Like that's it's okay. simple that like everybody, well we got to put these rules in you know how you fix it you stop calling it see a foul see a penalty stop guessing that's how you get rid of it stop yeah, doing it there's the the they're still not even close to rectifying the roughing the passer and some of the hits on the receivers the the way they protect everybody these days is a little too much yeah it is Tyrod Taylor lot. by the way should get honorable mention game ball too he filled in for Danny Dimes yeah had a hell of a football he game. was on my list but no way he was cracking the Taylor Swift and Bill Belichick tier you kidding me seven one three seven eight zero ESPN Mailbag Monday whatever you want to ask the Killer Bees get your questions in now seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six Killer Bees ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five Hey, right now, before we go to the break, I want to tell you about the good people at Allied Siding and Windows. I mean, look, if you're looking for windows, if you're looking for siding, you're doing the right thing to protect your best investment, which is your house, your home. The the, the fact that you can get value all the time by making sure that your house is on the up and up, and you can always get value when you are doing things like siding and windows that add the durability and the ability to be energy-saving both in the summer and the winter, and that's what they do for you, and that's why you go to Allied Siding and Windows. They've been in business for over four decades. They've been in Houston. They take care of Houstonians. Say no more. They know what they're doing, and they're going to do the right things for you. It's really simple. I've talked to them recently about upgrading my windows, and they are the best in the business to explain what you need, what is just something you shouldn't worry about spending money on, and what are the best windows for being down here in this climate, dealing with everything from hurricane season to the super hot and then the sometimes cold conditions and elements. And the same is with siding, the fact that there's no more painting and staining and repairing your home. You get siding, and you get great quality-looking product that's going to protect you the outside and the exterior of your house while keeping the energy on the inside. They're fantastic. They're the best in the business, and you need to call them to figure out how they can help you. 832-204-1936. That's 832-204-1936, or go to allstatewindowsandsiding.com. All right, ask us whatever you want. 713-780-ESPN, Mailbag Monday, 713-780-3776. Someone asked us this the other day. On Twitter, I can't I can't figure out who asked us, but who wins in a buffalo wing eating contest out of y'all three? My bet is on Joe, hands down. I agree with that. I, I watched Joe call me fat. No, not at all. Just a swift eater. You are just a you are you are a demolition man when it comes to. What are you talking about? I'm fatter than you. I Literally, watched I, you like you nursed those wings. Yeah, but for when three you went hours. to them, you attacked them. Well, yeah, because I was only eating during breaks. How do you but eat when your? You, uh, when how do you, you go to it though? You annihilate. It's, how do you eat your wings, Joe? What does that mean? How do you how do you eat especially the flapper? How do you eat the flapper? Oh, not the way you should. I've seen people do that video where like they push yeah. it on the table. Yeah, then Joe's not winning. Joe what ain't beating me. Push it on the table. Yeah, it's there's like, different ways you can eat. The it's flapper. like you break it and then you yeah. push it on the table and then like all the meat like falls apart from the bone. Yeah, there's also like a claw thing where you can just kind of like you know position your hands in s- such a manner and then just claw it out and then you take a bite out of yep. the flapper. I'm more, I don't like to get it all over my hand. Like I'm more of a break the bone and then eat the sides of it. That's what I do too. Oh, okay. You do eat that way. So it might be tight. Hmm. Now I am a, uh, I can, I can put down some wings myself. I do feel like Jeremy is the answer just because I think it might are, be. What's the number you go to if you're really hungry and you go to get wings? Cause I've done the 20 before. I normally don't go past 12 ever. Oh man, I could I could put down a ton. Um, Two thousand. I did twenty the last time we were at the the Hooters remote. Um, it just depends. It just depends. Like it depends on the how hungry I am. Depends on the wing. I'm saying if you were really hungry, what's the most you would next? The time, most wings I could sit yeah, in one if, sitting. Yeah, or if they nothing like, else, or they did like the twenty five cent wing. Deal I could do it. I could do like, but I mean, I'm I'm gonna eat myself to the point of misery. I can do that. I can push myself beyond a fullness. You can't get a body like this without doing such. I think I can eat 30 wings. Easy. Should we do this the next time I we go to Wakefield? No, I, I don't. Think I, I, don't I don't. No, I don't want to be. I don't want to feel like I just ate 30 wings. R.I.P. Uh, Brad Kellner, but he would 
being on there. Yeah, I don't want to like that's that's a punishment. Like I love wings, but I don't want to overeat wings. Like don't like too much of a great thing is is bad. Uh 713-780-ESPN, your question for the bees on our mailbag Monday. Uh, Eric the driver, what would be y'all's closer entrance or walk up music? Hmm. Did y'all have music whenever you played? Yeah. It's funny. You always love doing that. Elvis? Oh, that's even better. Thanks, Joe. I mine actually would be Elvis. Elvis Crespo, suavemente. Uh, my walk-up song in in high school was uh, La Bamba. Hmm. Problem was I never heard it because they never put me in. <laughs> I got uh, Def Leppard uh, Rocket for Rocket because they called me Lefty Rocket when I was in college and I wore twenty one. Jeez, wild! So thing. I got so I got the Def Leppard Rocket. Joe, what would you use? I have no idea. Okay, thanks for playing. <laughs> I, got, I got no idea. Um. Okay. I'm what not would Joe's that what one? Would Joe's walk up music be? I did. I mean, I guess for my sh- show, Let's I did. Uh, I'm, Welcome to the Jungle by Ex Ambassadors. I like that one a lot. Hmm. But mm. but I asked Jeremy, what would he think your walk up song? Taylor Swift. No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that to Taylor Swift. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe here some comes uh, the boom. Uh, maybe some "Take Me Higher" by Creed. Oh. I think that would be good for Come Joe. On. That's like the meanest thing you've ever said about me. <laughs> "Take Me Higher" by Creed. I think that'd be the way to go. Photograph by Nickelback. Can we do "Rockstar" by Nickelback at least? No, photograph. <laughs> Nickelback's awful. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. What's your question for the, the Killer Bees? Never made it as a wise man. I don't know. I think that's Rockstar, isn't it? It's it's well Never definitely the star. Yeah, that's Nickelback. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. Nine four four zero. How much of my fab budget in my fantasy league should I use on Taylor Swift? All of it, <laughs> every single dime. She'll make your team a winner, uh, without a doubt. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Your question for the bees. Key from L A. What are you guys going to talk about when the Astros lose eighty five percent? Of the show is Astros talk. Oh, you, you missed Key from LA. LA. Missed a comma. You missed a comma there from Key from LA. Who rears his head now to try and hopefully gloat on a team that made it to Game Seven of the League Championship Series, as opposed to the over gloating for his underachieving, underperforming Dodgers that he guaranteed were going to win the World Series, and then they Utah jazzed out of the playoffs, and he disappeared, and we had to put his face on the back of a milk carton for weeks. And then he came back saying, you guys are going to lose because Dodger Joe Davis is calling the games. And he's holding on by a thread tonight. Good job, Key. I mean, the show's like, what, two and a half years old? We've we've dealt with a baseball offseason before. Like, we know how to handle yeah. it. We've done it before. We, but we're we've all also right. gone on a run. The Dodgers haven't. Good luck to you, buddy. Virginia says uh, Joe's, Joe's uh, entrance mean, song would be Baby Shark. There's a lot of mean things we can set about on the I hate Twitch. that song. I said barbecue sauce is too spicy for Joe. Oh my God! If you got kid, young, if you had young kids ever with the Baby Shark song, woo, babe, what was it? The Nationals that year? Yeah, that it was, was 2019. Doing, oh my God, that was annoying. But somehow we've avoided that one. Anytime with kids, my oldest was all over the Baby Shark song. God, I hated that song. Yeah, we're I'm all we're fan. all about the the Finger oh, boy, family in our house. Awesome. Oh, dang. Here's a back-to-back homers, including uh, Lourdes Gurriel hitting a solo shot. If you could make one change to the Astros lineup today, this is from 2145, what would it be? I think for me it would be Dubon in center field instead of Chaz. I would go Pena in the ninth spot, Maldi in the eighth spot. Okay. I would flip flop Maldi and Payne. I don't. I don't mind Jazz in center field. That's that. That to me is a fifty fifty call. I, I know that a lot of people, if we're asking our audience what they would do, they would say Yiner over Maldi. Mm. That's just not going to happen. No. Like Maldi has started every game behind the dish. It's just not a realistic conversation. What do you got, Yosef? Granado was right. Dubon at short. That he would go with that. Yeah, I just that's think what you, you would lose, do. You lose yeah. the defense there. Now Javier is a pop up pitcher. He's a fly ball pitcher. So, well, this would know, be the day if you, you go back to that. what whoever said. The caller said about if you put your best offensive lineup out there, right now there's no doubt Dubon's a better hitter than Pena right now. Pena's reeling, man. Somebody somebody texted earlier and said Pena's had one good month offensively of his entire career. That's the that's the frustrating thing about Pena. He finished the season really strong. Like he was hitting for a high average. He was getting on base. Things were looking good. And playoffs, he's turned back into first half of the year, Jamie Pena. Today would be a good day a good day to be playoff. Pena, once again. Playoff Pena. 713-780-ESPN. Uh, what is your question for the Killer Bees? Our mailbag Monday, 713-780-3776-9362 says, who has been your favorite producer? We've had a few. We started with Dell. Um, then we went straight into Brendan, right? 
We yeah. go through producers. You talk about like separately or just since we've been together as a show. Uh, let's go with together as a show because okay. it's kind of vague, and you know, I think we should do the common denominator here. So like, we have three options: Dale, Brendan, and uh, and Joe. By default, it has to be Joe. Why? I'm not picking Joe. Well, for Why me. not? You can pick whoever you want. Because I'm, I'm telling mean, I'm you, just going to give you my honest answer. Joe. You're going to go with Joe. Yeah. Why? Would, why did you say? But what did you say? The by default. By default, because I because Dell is intentionally annoying, and Brendan was just annoying, and and and, and I like Joe. You thought you thought Brendan was annoying? Yeah, really? How so? I, I don't need to elaborate on the air. I just think that there was. You don't need to. Was... I would just like you to. Yeah. <laughs> I want to know. I know that you don't need to, but I personally would just like to. Will you tell me later? Joe's, maybe Joe's <laughs> been a friend of mine for a long time too, and I wanted Joe to come over here, and I'm glad Joe's here. Who is uh? How is Dell unintentionally oh, Joe, annoying? I mean, or intentionally I mean, annoying? Dell just loves to, to just be the negative nanny, get under your skin. Just you know, and then he kind of overdid it once he got to our show. So. I mean, yeah. See, my answer is Dell. My answer is Dell. Well, I love all three of our producers that we've had. Um, Brendan was very good. Uh, Joe is pretty good, and then Dell was just the very best of the three. So I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with Dell, favorite producer of these three. Sorry, hip hip Jorge. That's okay. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. You have to pick the Rockets win total right now. What are you picking? Thirty four. Thirty four wins. Yep. What did I say earlier this offseason? I think you said like 36. Did I say 36? Well, the over-under was 36 and a half. No, I think, I think we met at 36 because I think you might have said 38. What is the Rockets over-under right now? It probably went up a little bit because their preseason was strong. Yeah, they actually have looked fairly good. So, But I, I just – the West is pretty tough, man. Let's see. I think it's – I, can't I, find I think odds. 34 is my answer for right now. As of right now, I think they can win 34 games, which is still – a good jump for them from where they're coming from. 31 and a half. 31 and a half? I think I said 34. I think I said 35. I think that's what I weigh because I usually like whole numbers. I know they're all whole numbers, but I usually like milestone numbers. So I go 35. Rockets are three and a half point dogs uh, Wednesday, by the way. They're on the road? At Orlando. Yeah. I kind of like the Rockets on that. Give me Rockets plus three and a half too. against I like Orlando. The, I like the Rockets youth better than I like Orlando's youth, though um, the uh, Franz Wagner can play. Yeah, he can play a little bit. But I, I think that overall, the Rockets have a better young core, in my opinion. What's his the, name? You see Beverly killed the Magic? He's like, y'all have two top 50 players, and y'all can't even win games. Can't make the playoffs or whatever. A uh, 60-30. Orlando has two top 50 players. Maybe it was top 100, oh. but it was Paulo and then, it uh, might have been Franz. Yeah, it was Franz. Yeah, Franz for sure. Was it then, top 50 or top 100? I think it's top 100. Okay. Yeah, it makes it a little bit easier to lose, I guess. 60-30. Say Crane approves. Would y'all sign Otani and trade Tuck? Yes. Yep. Sure would. Yeah, I'm not. I just know the price tag for Otani. He's never going to return on investment that contract. Well, I mean, obviously the years matter, but I mean, of course, where everybody's going to go on what they see recently too. But I mean, the fact that he is going to pitch again, so that helps you on top of it. Yeah, not next year. No, not next year. And he's probably he's, he's still going to get what? What is what is he going to get? I think he's, I think he's, he's going to get, get he's going to get one of the most elaborate contracts for in 10? baseball. Yeah, I'm not signing a guy for four hundred million dollars for ten years. I don't I think there'll care. be clauses it in it for if and when he pitches. I don't think he's gonna. I don't think so. You don't? No. You think, I think someone's gonna give him yep. dual money for not being dual position for Absolutely. the first year or more? Because they have to outbid the other people that want to. him. Because Absolutely, think, he's not gonna I, have any of that. I think even like the Angels will probably go to like three. They'll go like fifty million lower than the highest bid, mm-hmm. but they'll take out the ifs. If you do this, if you do this, they'll just give him three fifty straight up. Yeah, at a I think they're desperate. Yeah, they I think he gets. To. I think he gets four hundred million dollars. Yeah, I, any I think, caveats. I think the Dodgers are going to for how many that. years? Ten. Yeah, Ooh, might might even get more. He might get four eighty for twelve. Like it's nuts. I wouldn't. I wouldn't sign Otani because I, I know that, how that, much it's going to cost. Boy, that's that could be a death sentence for a franchise. Yeah, absolutely. All right, it's our mailbag Monday on a Monday. Thanks for playing. All right. I believe Mondays. We do a lot of stuff on Monday. I believe Mondays. What do you believe after the college football weekend that took place? 713-780-3776. What do you believe? It's Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. I believe Pro Dunk is the best basketball goal that you will ever find. They make the highest quality basketball goals. It's basketball season. We just talked about the Rockets. They're getting started this week. College basketball right around the corner. I'm calling a game Saturday, uh, actually. And you need a goal from Pro Dunk. You might have a kid. Maybe you just like to play. And you're looking for a goal. Well, if you're looking for a goal, don't bother going to the big box store. 
don't search online. The the place that you need to go is ProDunk.com because they make the best goal, uh, the best basketball goal that you'll find. Tempered glass backboard gives you a true, authentic feel. Breakaway rim, those are great because you're going to throw down some jams. I'll tell you why in a second. Stainless steel hardware, and it's height adjustable. That's where I mean. You can throw down some jams even if you can't jam because you can lower it all the way down to 5 feet, raise it all the way up to 10 feet if you want to work on your shot as well. Their accessories are next level. LED light kits for night play, which is great because it's hot during the day. Also, you might work. Your kids have school. You can only play at night. Get an LED light kit, and you can play whenever you want. Backstop nets, too, so you don't have to chase the basketball all around. Pull pad lettering and lots, lots more. You can order everything, including professional installation online. Are you not good with a ladder? Not good with a level? You don't have to be to get a goal from ProDunk because the pros will come to your place and professionally install your goal at the perfect height, perfectly straight. You don't need a thing. Let the pros at ProDunk do all of the work for you. Give them a call right now, 281-351-9822, 281-351-9822, and visit ProDunk.com. That's ProDunk.com. Kind of like Dusty Baker. You know, he's cool until he's provoked. Uh, we'll get to our I believe here in a moment. What do you believe? What do you? What did you learn from college football this weekend that you now believe? 713-780-3776. Uh, we'll do that in three minutes. But before that, let's go out to the HRMP listener line. Paul, you're in the hive with the bees. What's up, Paul? Hey, guys. Just wanted to get your thoughts uh, on who you think is going to be the second pitcher tonight. The Rangers have seen our you know, middle and late relievers an awful lot in this series. And uh, Javier's not known for going really deep into games. You figure he's probably going to go about five innings. I would think I would go with Hunter Brown and let him go six, maybe seven. I guess unless he gets in trouble in the middle of an inning, then maybe yeah. you, you have to bring a Maton in and the, just to close it out. But their Astros bullpen is going to need some length, and they're starting to get gas tonight. I mean, obviously I think – Eight and nine, you can go Abreu and Presley, even though they're even starting to hit Abreu a little bit last night, you know, being a root cause of that. Just want to get your takes. What inning? Paul, are you going to give us that? Yeah, the situation matters. Or do we have to just kind of, like, guess that? Well, if he gets gets knocked out real early, you've got to go to France for sure. Yeah, okay. Because he's French and he, he did well, but... I'm going to assume he goes five innings. That's about what okay. you normally get out of Javier. All right. I would go Brown six, maybe seven. All right. Appreciate the call. I like this uh, scenario. And I guess we could I guess we could kind of, you know, kick around a couple of other scenarios. But let's well, go that one matters first. matters with score and situation, too, right? Well, I don't I mean, know if score matters a lot tonight, honestly. Because, like, it's a, it's, an if nece- it's a game seven. It's win or go home. I don't think score matters. If you have a multiple-run lead, it matters. But if you're – I don't think so. Like, if, I think if you're so up, because I think – if you if have a multiple run lead, now you're probably not going to consider your high leverage guys as early. You're probably going to go to a France or a Brown first, and then first sign of any difficulty, then you'll go back to the guys that are imperative to you. Yeah. But if you've got a multi run lead, I think that you're going to see one, if not both, of JP. Yeah, but France I don't think Hunter you're going to see Brian Abreu in the fifth. No, but that's what I'm. But I'm saying you could see Maton again. You could see guys a lot earlier. Because they are guys that are conditioned to come in in high leverage situations, as opposed to if you got a two or three run lead, I think you're going to see Hunter Brown and or JP France. Yeah, um, I, I don't think that the score has a huge bearing tonight. Like if it's like a three run advantage, three run deficit, I think that the decisions are going to be really close to the same. If Javier, let's just start at five innings. If Javier goes five innings, I, I agree with Paul. I think that Hunter Brown's the bridge until the leverage guys. Uh, you know, is Bray going to give you two innings through 20 pitches yesterday? Eh, I don't know. Uh, Presley hasn't thrown in the last two days. I think he can give you more than an inning. But I like Paul's point of Hunter Brown to bridge you into the leverage guys, seven, eight, nine, maybe even six, seven, eight, nine. Now, I also agree with Paul that I don't think Hunter Brown's going to be called upon in the middle of an inning, inherit runners mm-hmm. to get out of the inning. I think that will be Maton's job. Maton's going to be the fireman, come out, put out a fire, and then give Hunter Brown a fresh inning. Now, if Javier goes two innings, then you're going to see like a J.P. France from innings yeah. three to five, yeah. something yeah. like but that. But situation matters in the fact that who's coming up for the Rangers matters. Uh, I, I think the, the score matters. And I think that that could dictate a lot of this because if you're in a tie ball game, I'd be a little leery of, of going to France or Brown as opposed to a guy that can get you a couple of outs and get you and hopefully bridge it to where you can continue to get closer to those three guys in the that fifth? you got to have. In the fifth, but if I would still look at Maton before I would look. If it's a tie game, I would probably go to Maton before I would go to either one of the starting pitchers. Yeah. 
Yeah. Okay. Seven one three seven eight zero three seven seven six. Let's get to I believe. What do you believe after this weekend of college football? I believe. What's that up, you-, you believe now? You you hold on, hold on, hold on. Right, hold on. Hold on. Oh, no. Do you believe that? Huh? All right, what do you believe in, Blankers? I believe your Houston Cougars. No, got don't steal mine. Oh, I didn't know you had that. <laughs> don't take mine. You didn't I tell got, me what I'm you talking had. Cougars. Normally I was you don't there. Want to talk about it when we talk to the guys. You were there. Okay, fine. I will whenever I can, I can complain. Though U of H got jobbed. They got yeah, jobbed. They certainly did. And you'll talk about it. I believe that the the Michigan Wolverines, as much as it pains me, and Jim Harbaugh is the cheater. The Michigan Michigan Wolverines are going to be the first solidified team to play. Uh, in, in the in the college football, play. they're they're singing good. They're I, really good. Which you know how this is all going to play out with this little scout guy too. By the way, I bet you they're going to say he was rogue and was acting alone. Oh, yeah, they're going to put it all on him, just like they, the Red Sox put it on that video guy. He was buying yeah. the tickets himself. Yeah, I guarantee you that this little this little scout guy who they're giving money to go watch and cheat and steal signs from other teams. I guarantee you that he was acting rogue. He was acting alone. He was doing all this of this is on so his New own. New England in college. This is what this is. This is Patriots college. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah, I don't. I'm usually pro cheating though. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, yes, U of H got jobbed. The, the spot, on, not only third down, but second down, too. A couple of terrible spots on second and third down. You could see Stacy Snee was across the nine-yard line. If you look and go back and watch that play, the line judge who's supposed to sprint in on a close play is hanging out on the sideline with his foot on the nine, they needed the nine for the first down. He's on the nine with his, you know, his, this is where the spot's going to be. I have him down at the nine yard line, but yet somehow they put it at the nine and a half. And beyond all of that, how do you not stop the game and look at every single camera that? angle as slow as possible under a minute or right around a minute? That's inexcusable. I, I don't care. That that's a game changer. The whole game's on the line. That has to be reviewed. They always use the ability to go to the replay, unless I'm I'm wrong. The fact that that wasn't even sent to the booth, and I know the big controversy is that the the booth guy, the the booth official went to UT. Regardless, how is that not reviewed? I, the, Dana was Dana was told on the field that they were looking at it, that they were reviewing it, like all plays are reviewed, and they told him that they confirmed that they didn't have enough to, oh, to overturn. What a bunch! Of, yeah, it was ridiculous. Wow. Like, how do you not stop the game and go look at every single angle that you have? Critical play, most critical play of the game, and what it even makes it even worse. Like, go watch the line judge stepping at the nine-yard line, and they move it to the nine-and-a-half. I was watching the chain guys because I was in the back of the end zone. The chain guys started to move because they thought it was obvious. And then early, was in, and then early in the second half, Joseph Manjack catches what was called a touchdown, but they stopped the game there to review that one for inches, which he was short, and they did overturn it. But you got to look at both of those plays. Ridiculous. You're talking about the one where his, where, where his knee landed on the goal line? Yeah. Boy, I thought he got in. I thought the ball was a little shy. Because it's where the ball's at, not where I the thought that really at. could have cost the Cougs. Yeah, I mean, if you don't score there, it does. Yeah, exactly. But how do you stop for that? Right. You don't stop no, you're for absolutely that. Right on Incredible. That. Getting Longhorn. I didn't know what it felt like, but I know now. Well, speaking of Longhorns, I believe we uh, overrated before he's played a game because apparently he's not even good enough to be the backup quarterback and now the starting quarterback at Texas. I'm just going to go on the record. I believe we overrated Arch Manning. I mean, we all knew that he was third string. But, like, yeah, but they want to redshirt him this year, but don't they? They do. Is out, and you're not going to play him. Well, they said that they're going to fight for the jobs, but the, the other guy's a five star recruit too. I know, like, and he's like, a true freshman. I, I, I don't like this one here, brother Joe. And I'm going to double down that Lincoln like Riley is the most overrated coach in college football. I saw, by the way, I saw uh, what's the oldest Manning's guy? Uh, I guess it's Cooper. A, Cooper is that? That's Archie's dad, right? Yes. No, Archie. Archie is the dad. No, no, Archie's Co- the main, like the oldest guy. Yes, he's Cooper, the Cooper is a brother. Cooper is Archie's Cooper, Cooper's dad. the oldest Manning. Yes, and he's yeah. Archie's dad. Is and he's, he's Archie's older dad. Than Peyton? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cooper's the oldest Manning, and he's Archie's dad. Cooper was in the press box. Talk, uh, shook his hand. Hmm. Oh, Cooper nice. Manning. Yeah, he was a nice, nice guy. But yeah, I mean, he's a true freshman. I know. But Supposedly, like, he was a hell of a football player until the yeah, medical thing with his spine yeah, or something. Yeah, he wasn't yeah. He to play was a receiver, anymore. though. Yes, he was. I'm just yeah. surprised that Arch isn't going to play. Uh, I'm not so, surprised at all. They want a redshirt in. He can play a certain amount of games before. Up to four. And they're saying Quinn Ewers is going to play this season. No, they did not say that. They said like they said like two to three weeks. That's still the season. Boy, what a hit that was, too. Mm-hmm. It was a big hit. Uh, boy, the collision both ways. Was he a shoulder injury? The linebacker that hit right? him got so. hurt. He got shaken up too, right? Yeah, a little stinger. Came back yeah. and played, yeah. Boy, he stuck him, though. He what did. a hit. Big hit. All right, what you got? I, I uh, That's it for me. All right, Ohio State. Either Ohio State isn't as good as we think or Penn State is better than we think. One of the two. 
Either Ohio State's not as good. I think it's Ohio State is not as good. Or Penn State is better. I think their quarterback play is still suspect to me. I think it's not close to what they've had, regardless of what they do on the next level. And I always think that Penn State's overrated. That quarterback Uh, is brutal for Penn State. Penn State's overrated, but so, but so is so is Ohio State. Yeah. They're both overrated, but I think the main thing about Ohio State is I don't think their quarterback's anywhere close to what they've had, and there's no C.J. Stroud for that matter. No That's chance. Chewy or not? Yeah, no chance. <laughs> what do you got, Joe? What's your other game ball? Or I believe. Well, I kind of slipped in there, but I'll just double down. That I think Lincoln Riley is the most overrated coach in college football. Yeah, don't I you mean, have a quarterback that decides to actually listen. He, every time they show him, it's like he's gotten so big for his britches after the Heisman's. He doesn't listen to a damn thing Lincoln Riley says. Yeah, but yeah, because he's I, I done well he's with other quarterbacks. But he did well with Caleb. I mean, I mean, he's got until he's Caleb gonna, decided to just go rogue. But I feel like Baker and Kyler did the same thing. So I don't. I, I just. I don't know. Lincoln Riley. He can't win the big one. Like he's he's never done it, and he's falling apart. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna fire his DC. That, at the that's end of the your year that's your him. next head coach at Michigan. By the way, is the Utah head coach? Oh, Whittingham. Yeah, the guy can coach. He's really if, good. If Harbaugh goes to the NFL, I think that's your next coach at Michigan. If they're <laughs> smart, if they're not looking for some sexy name, and they just get to a guy that just knows how to coach I mean, football, he, he can coach. He's he would a really damn good football. It coach. depends on the sanctions. That's like, always you might not question. want to just jump for a team that's has tons of sanctions put on them. But now. they but money talks too. If he gets a monster deal, he'll 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 sit through. But yeah, between but, NIL, I mean, Utah is willing to spend some money too. And if they put him on some like heavy probation, lack of scholarship, like you're going to go cash grab for three years and then get fired. Does that matter with NIL? Yeah, I don't know that Utah's going anywhere. And he knows if he gets to the big, big, big time program like that and gets paid heavily, I don't know. He'll sit. He'll 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 endure it. I don't know, man. Like job security is pretty low. Like if you, if you if you all of a sudden you have to deal with tons of sanctions and you go eight and five yeah, three years in a row a and you lose three games to Ohio guaranteed State, guaranteed at massive money. You talk about all that money, they'll buy him out in three years. Okay, and he's got he's rich beyond belief, and someone else will hire him. Yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. Like you're rich beyond belief at Utah. You got a good thing going. You've been there for a long time. Grass isn't always greener. But you're at Utah. Grass, yeah, he's been there forever though. Probably the best team in the Big Twelve next year. He's been there forever. Like he he's and? they'll put a statue of him. Like his legacy are they going to the, Big the money. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah, they're going to the. It's Big so 12. hard to keep track of who's going to which one. Yeah, it is hard. Yeah, I agree. What's your gut telling you about tonight? How's it all going to play out? And what needs to be done at Minute Maid Park? The Ashes have been awful at home. They've been terrible. Below five hundred at home during the regular season. They've not won a playoff game in the ALCS at home this entire. ALCS, neither of the Rangers. What do they have to change? What do we have to change? What do fans have to change for a home team to get a win in the ALCS? 713-780-3776. Killer B's ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5.